بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته اللهم انفعنا بما علمتنا وعلمنا ما ينفعنا وارزقنا علما تنفعنا به آمين رب العالمين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله We continuing again with فقه الصلاة رب لوه المرام And we are currently on the chapter of صفة الصلاة Right the description of the salah طيب So we move into the next hadith which is narrated from Abu Qatadah radiyallahu anhu that he said كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي بنا فيقرأ فيقرأ في الظهر والعصر في الركعتين الأوليين بفاتحة الكتاب وسورتين ويسمعنا الآية أحيانا يطول الركعة الأولى ويقرأ في الأخريين بفاتحة الكتاب متفق عليه This hadith of Abu Qatada it explains and it makes clear how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam recited and what he recited in Salatul Dhuhr and Asr and that he recited the Fatiha in the Salah of course right and obviously in every Rak'ah he recited the the Fatiha and two other Surahs so in the first two Rak'ah he recited the Fatiha and another surah understand this is known the fatiha and then another surah this is only for the first two raka'at understand so the third raka'at and the fourth raka'at of dhuhr and asr he did not recite a another surah understand and the sunnah makes it clear that most of the time he would recite those surahs which are Awsatul Mufassil A Mufassil There are different Mufassils Three different categories of Surahs You get those Surahs which are categorized as being lengthy Then you have those Surahs which are regarded as being In the middle And then you get the Short Surahs Understand? You get the Short Surahs So in Dhuhr and Asr what did he recite? Long, medium or short? In Zohar it says he used to recite from the medium surahs. Medium surahs is for example. Huh? What? Akanya. Alam nashrah lak asadak would be a short surah. Alam nashrah lak asadak is four five lines. Nas is a super short surah. Abasa wa tawalla. Maybe that is what Shamsi would be categorized as a medium. Wallayli idha yaghsha, washamsi wa duhaha, balad. Those surahs are medium length. Sabbihisma, halataka hadithul ghashiya. They're not long surahs. They are, but they're not short either. They're not extremely short either. Right? So these are your, your category of the, the medium surahs. This is what the Prophet recited in Zuhr and Asr. And I think this is another sunnah which is maybe lost today. 
Most people what we recite in Zuhur and Asr, we recite the short surahs, isn't it? We all recite Alam Tara Kaifa, Li'ila Fi Quraysh, Al-Quls and so forth. Those are the short surahs. Nothing wrong. Doesn't mean your salah is incomplete or your salah is not accepted, no. But the Prophet preferred the slightly longer than that in when he recited Zuhur and Asr. So the hadith says, Abu Qatada says that we prayed with the Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Zuhur and Asr. And in the first two raka'at, the first two raka'at he recited the Fatiha and two other surahs, right? وَيُسْمِعُنَ الْآيَةَ أَحْيَانًا He says that at times he would يُسْمِعُنَ meaning he would cause us to hear what he was reciting. At times he would cause us to hear what he was reciting. Meaning what? He would all of a sudden recite it loudly. Not the whole surah, but part or just a verse and so forth. Understand? Um, so maybe he was reciting Sabih Isma softly and all of a sudden he says قَدْ أَفْلَحَ مَنْ So those behind him they know Okay, that's Surah Al-A'la right? Sabih Isma Rabbika Al-A'la Understand? So perhaps, why would he do this? Perhaps he wanted to make it clear what he was reciting Remember the Prophet is different He's different to us in this regard Why? Because what he does is the sunnah. So he's maybe trying to show them what type of surahs he would recite in the soft salahs. Are you with me? That could be one reason. The other reason could be that perhaps he wanted to pay attention to certain to a verse that he felt was needed at that time. Maybe some eye that he felt in terms of the meaning. He felt, you know, there was a need for them to hear this verse at that moment. Perhaps that could be another reason why he raised his voice for that ayah at that point in time. And Allah knows best. But Ya Abu Qatada says, يُسْمِعُنَ الْآيَةَ أَحْيَانًا أَحْيَانًا means sometimes. So it wasn't done often. This wasn't done often. So the sunnah is, of course, to recite softly. And then sometimes he would recite a verse loudly. Sometimes. Are you with me? Ahyanan meaning most of the time they did not hear what he recited, only sometimes. And he said, Yutawilu rakatal ula. That wa yutawilu rakatal ula. The first rak'a he made it lengthy. Tawil. So the first rak'a was then. What do we get from this? The first rak'a is longer than the second. The first rak'a is longer than the second. Okay, so for example, if he recited for five minutes in the first rak'ah, in the third, the second rak'ah he would recite for three minutes, for example. So you read, you know what Allah in Amin, and then he would read maybe for five minutes. Another surah. Like you said, maybe Abbas wa Tawalla, it's not too long, right? Maybe Sabih Isma. And obviously he did not, he did not speed through the surah. Started it slowly, ayah, 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 ayah. So if that took him, let's say, approximately four, five minutes, that's already long for those ayat. Oh, but, you know, this is just uh, in, in terms of an example. Then in the second rak'ah, he would recite shorter than that. Right? And this is what this hadith says. Uh, 
So what do we benefit from this hadith? We firstly, we see how the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum, how closely they paid attention to the Salah of the Prophet and how they narrated the hadith. Closely, they paid attention to the details, right? To every detail they could show. That, for example, in Dhuhr al-Asr, this is what he would recite. In the first two rak'at, he recited a surah with the Fatiha, but not in the other two rak'at, the last two rak'at. And he can add the detail and say what? He recited a certain length, the middle length, not the long, not the short. And the other detail he gave was is that the first rak'ah he made longer than the second. These are details that he's giving from a dhuhr salah, you know. And again, you know, put yourself in the shoes and think, when we pray dhuhr, what can we say about the salah? Can we come home with detail and say, you know, the imam prayed like this and he, he did this. And many a times people make dhuhr and they have no idea. What's happening? It's just, and that shows the khushu' and the, the focus and the, the concentration levels are extremely low on Allah Musta'an. Right? So the Sahaba narrated the Sunnah like this in detail. We should also be like this when we narrate the Sunnah in detail. When we show people, when we tell people, this is how the Prophet prayed, this is how we're supposed to pray, there should be details given. And we don't take away anything, nor do we change anything. We say it as the hadith says it. Just like Abu Qatada said it, just like the way the Prophet did it. Okay? Um, right, another benefit from this hadith is it's not necessarily a sunnah to recite after the Fatiha, another surah in the last two raka'at. The sunnah here shows us. Only the first two, he would add another surah, and Allah knows best. Taib, any questions on this? Taib, the next hadith is narrated by Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, radiyallahu anhu, who said, كُنَّا نَحْرُزُ قِيَامَ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمَ فِي الظُّهْرِ وَالْعَصْرِ He said we used to watch and basically estimate the standing of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Zuhr and Asr Notice what he says We used to take note of the the standing and this is what these ahadith are focusing on how long he stood what he decided what he possibly decided and so forth So he says we used to estimate the the, the standing of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in Zuhr and Asr Fahazardna قيامه في الركعتين الأوليين من الظهر قدر قدر ألف لاميم تنزيله which means as-sajda he says what we found was is that the standing of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the first two rak'at of dhuhr the first two rak'at of dhuhr was equal to ألف لاميم سجدة تنزيل الكتابي Right? Alif Lam Yim Tanzil means Surah Sajda. Right? How long is Surah Sajda? Just a bit longer than Surah It's a similar length. It's about four pages. Right? It's about four pages. Okay? Wafil Ukhara Yaini Qadran Nisfi Min Dalik. 
and in the last two half of that amount in the last two half of that amount and then he says وَفِي الْأُولَيَيْنِ مِنَ الْعَصْرِ in the first two raka'at of asr عَلَى قَدْرِ الْأُخْرَيَيْنِ مِنَ الظُّهْرِ the first two raka'at of asr he says was equal to the last two raka'at of zuhr وَالْأُخْرَيَيْنِ عَلَى النِّصْفِ مِنْ ذَلِكِ and the last two of asr was half of the first two of asr and this hadith is in Sahih Muslim. So again, what does he say? When we estimated the standing of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in Dhuhr and Asr, we found that his standing in the first two raka'at of Dhuhr was equal to Surah Sajda. The last two raka'at was what? How much? Of Dhuhr, half of that amount. And the first two of Asr was equal to? The last two of Dhuhr. And the last two of Asr is equal to half of the first two of, of Asr. This is the way he described the standing of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, in Zuhr and Asr. Right? And he uses the word here, Kunna Nahzaru, which means we used to. And, and in Arabic, when they use the word Kunna or Kana, Kunna is part of Kana. Then this generally means this was the this was the norm. This is what we used to do. And it's often. It didn't happen once. This is what we used to often do. Are you with me? Which means this is something that was common. This is something that was that was common. This is how you generally made the salah. However, what do we find now? We've got this hadith here of Abu Sa'id saying something and then we've got the previous hadith of of Abu Qatada the first hadith we spoke about was narrated by Abu Qatada the second hadith we spoke we are speaking about now is narrated by Abu Sa'id Abu Sa'id al-Khudri Abu Sa'id al-Khudri so we've got the first hadith of Abu Qatada and now we've got the second hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri right so as we said this is the general amount that he used to recite right generally although sometimes he would do even more than that sometimes he would do even more than that so there's a hadith also in Sahih Muslim which says that a man would come for the salah and then he would go he broke his wudu he would go to his place or his dwelling, which was far away. Take wudu, come back, and he would still get the first rak'ah. And he would still get the first rak'ah. This is for So this shows that at times the Prophet would decide long. At times he would decide long. But the general amount is what we are getting from this hadith over here. But sometimes it would be, it would be even longer than that. Sometimes it would be even longer than that. And I remember this one prayer in Medina, in the Haram. It was actually Asr though. The Imam stood and he recited extremely long. For Asr. The first rakah of Asr, I remember. You know, and again, most of us, we recite a short surah. And you're waiting now, you're assuming the Imam is going to go down anytime soon. Right? 
and he kept on and he went on and without us even hearing obviously what he's saying but we stood and we stood and we stood and we stood and I remember it was a decent you know a lengthy prayer that he prayed of Asr but again we find there are narrations like this with the Prophet at times would make it very long and at times a bit shorter and at times in the middle most of the time it was in the middle most of the time it was in the middle okay so what do we get from this hadith of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri? We get that the first rak'ah and the second rak'ah were even. Right? Again, let's look at the wording of the hadith. He says that he's standing in the first two rak'at of Dhuhr was equal to Surah Sajda. The first two rak'at is equal to Surah Sajda. What does that mean? Both or yani, each rakah is surah sajda equal amount or together. It means each rakah was equal to surah sajda. Right? Each rakah was equal to surah sajda. So let's say four pages in the first rakah, four pages in the second rakah. The thing about this hadith is it means that the first two rakahs were done evenly with an even amount of recitation right and the last two was also done evenly half of that half of of that amount you understand what's another benefit we get from this what does half of that mean in in terms of it differs how does this differ with the hadith abu qatada this is basically what we are trying to accomplish here what did the hadith Abu Qatada say? The first was? No, 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 no. The first hadith now. Go back to the hadith Abu Qatada. No, that's the hadith Abu Sa'id. Abu Sa'id, The first hadith of Abu Qatada. What did it say about the? About the first rak'ah? was medium. The first, what did he say about the first rakah compared to the second rakah? Put it that way. Longer than the second. What does this hadith tell us? It was equal. This is, this, this, that's the first point. If we're comparing the two hadith, right? The first, this, the, the one point is, the first hadith didn't mention a surah's name. He just said he recited the Fatiha and surahs. Understand? He didn't mention a name. And he said it was in the medium. Medium length, right? It wasn't long, it wasn't short. This hadith is giving us a name, the amount similar to Surah Sajda. And this hadith is telling us that the first two were equal in amount, different to what Abu Qatada says. Abu Qatada said the first is longer than the second. What else is the other difference here? And I mentioned it about the first hadith. Now in the second hadith it says that the last two rakat were half of the first. How does it differ with what, with, with what Abu Qatada said? The last two, which is your last two of your four. Yes. Is equal to half of the first two. What does that tell us that is different to what Abu Qatada said? There was additional surah recited. Excellent. There was an additional surah recited. If he recited half of the first, which was eight pages in total, if you take four and four, that means in the last two he did two and two in four in total which means he recited something 
along with the Fatiha. That's also what we can derive from this hadith. This is for Zuhar. Alone Zuhar. Asr says that the first two of Asr was equal to the last two of Zuhar. And the last two of Asr was equal to the half of the first two of Asr. Are you with me? Right? So Asr was shorter than Zuhar. This is what the uh, hadith is saying. Right? So Asr was obviously um, shorter than the Zuhar. Okay? And when we say half, what do we mean by half? Do we mean the amount of ayat or the length? Would it be the amount or the length? Yani, if we say amount of ayat, I mean, you're counting the ayahs on your hand now, like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 ayahs. I don't know how many ayahs are in Surah Sajda. I've never counted it. But, what do they mean when they say this amount? Do they mean in general the amount? Or they, the amount of ayah numbers? That's your stop point, okay. But I think they're referring to the amount in general. Remember, they are estimating more or less what he was reciting. They've never heard him recite. They never heard him recite the sajda. They are, he, what he is saying is, it was the amount in terms of the length of surah sajda. What does that mean? This hadith doesn't say we heard him reciting the sajda, surah sajda. The hadith says what? What he recited was equal to the amount of, not of ayahs, the amount of Surah Sajda. Meaning what? The length of the Surah. Right? So for example, let's say we're standing for 15 minutes. And now the Sahaba will think, okay, you know what? If I recited at a similar pace that the Prophet recited at, how many ayahs would that be? That would be similar to Surah Sajda, for example. And that's how they come to this conclusion. But it's got nothing to do with the ayah numbers. It's more the length of how long he recited. How long would that take for if I recited for that 10 minutes? Uh, maybe three pages, so that's similar to, you know, surah and so and so. You with me? So it wasn't actually that he, he definitely recited sajda. The hadith is saying that he recited that which is similar to the amount or the length of surah sajda. And half of that for the last two, and similar to the first two of Asr, and half of that for the last two of Asr. So it's more to do with the, the length of recitation, and not to do with ayah numbers. <coughs> Understand? So from the benefits of the hadith is that the length of qira'ah in the first two raka'at is equal. In Zuhr now, it's equal, right? Because this is what the hadith is basically telling us. It doesn't make a differentiation between the first or the second raka'ah. And this differs with what Abu Qatada described in his hadith. Because he said that يُطَوِّلُ رَكْعَةَ الْأُولَى He lengthened the first rak'ah. Meaning that the first was longer than the second. So which one do we follow? Right? Ahlul Ilm, Ibn Uthaymin rahimahullah says they went and they tried to make jump between the hadith. To combine and reconcile between the hadith. And they would say that most of the time the Prophet ﷺ would make the first longer than the second. 
like the hadith of Abu Qatada said. And sometimes he would make them equal, like the hadith of Abu Sa'id says. Right? So, sometimes you make the first longer than the second and sometimes you make them equal okay this is this is now what we can try and implement so let's say even if you decide um, let's say you decide sabih is in the first raka'ah and the second raka'ah you decide ghashiyah they are similar lengths very similar right um that would be fine. Let's say you decided La al-Balad in the first and Walayli the Yaqsha in the second. This would be like equal. This is like equal because the, the, the length is very similar. You understand? Or you could say, no, I want to make the first longer than the second. This is also the Sunnah. So then when I read Balad in the first Raka'ah, I'll read maybe Washamsi or let's say Walduha in the second. Shorter. When you have this intention, this is important. Your intention is to fulfill the sunnah. So when you are standing in the salah, you choose those surahs because you are trying to implement the sunnah. So what you do is you start with one that's longer and you make one, the second one shorter. And then sometimes you, you, what? you equate them, knowing that you are fulfilling the, the sunnah. And you will get a reward for this. And you will get a reward for this. And this is the wisdom in, in you know, applying both a hadith. And not just one, not just the other. You apply both a hadith, right? And when you equate them, then what else do you do? So, hey, let's again say, we do balad in the first, walayli in the second. Both of those surahs are approximately one page long, right? First and second rak'ah, walayli and balad. What are you going to do in the next two rak'at? Half of that. So half a page surah. So in the next two rak'at, I'm going to do third rak'at, I'm going to do duha. Fourth rak'at, I'm going to do watini. Example, that's half. Come asr. The first two of asr will then be equal to the last two of dhuhr. Equal to the last two of dhuhr. So I also want to read something which is half a page long. Half a page long. Okay? So now what do we decide? Let's say, وَالْعَادِيَاتِ ضَوْحَا First rak'ah, second rak'ah, الْقَارِعَةِ Half a page long. It doesn't have to be exactly five lines, five lines. You know, this is estimated. <coughs> it's approximately half a page, it counts. And then in the last two of Asr, half of that, which means half of half a page. Let's say a third of a page. Understand? And so what do you decide? Or any of those short surahs, you know, the last three, four, five pages of the Quran, they are approximately half of that. And this is how you can fulfill that sunnah by just using that back surahs. By just using that back surahs. Right? To apply the hadith of Abu Qatada is easier. Because it just means long, short, the last two raka'at, nothing. Just the fatiha. And this is generally how most people do it. Most people, this is how we've all been, I think, raised the reciting. We recite a long ish or long g surah in the first rakah and the shorter one in the second. Simple example, we recite 
wa duha in the first and alam nashrah in the second because alam nashrah is shorter than wa duha and the third and the fourth just the fatiha if you did it like that you have fulfilled the sunnah as abu qatada described it understand so you can apply that and at times you mix it up and let's i'm gonna apply the haditha abu sa'id now we am going to make the first two equal and long and the next two half of that and the next two of asr the same amount meaning of the last two of asr and the last two of asr half of that as well so this is you know where we can try and um apply both sunnas in terms of the recitation of Dhuhr and Asr. So what do we say? We say most of the time the Prophet ﷺ, he would make the first longer than the second. Like Abu Qatada described. Right? And sometimes he would make them equal. Sometimes he would make them um, equal. And if uh, the Sheikh says, if you make can you make the second rak'ah longer than the first? Right? It shouldn't generally be the case, but if it's slightly short, longer, then that's not the problem. But it shouldn't be like a whole half a page longer, where you can actually feel that the second is longer than the, the first. It should not be like that. Uh, but if it's, I mean, let's say it's two lines longer. Simple example. You do a shamsi in the first, walayli in the second. Walayli is slightly longer, right? There's no problem in that. No problem in that. But let's say you did Washamsi in the first and Wal Fajr in the second. Wal Fajr is clearly longer than Washams. And you will feel it is much longer the recitation than Washams. In this case, we say that's not advisable. Right? You want to read those two surahs, Wal Fajr first and Washamsi second, that would be perfect. Okay? So this is what we try and do. We try and combine between the two ahadith. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Okay, another benefit of this hadith is that generally speaking we find that Asr will be shorter than Zuhr. Asr will be shorter than um, Zuhr. Okay, because this is what we get from the hadith of Abu Sa'id. That Asr is clearly basically half the length of recitation than the length of Zuhr's recitation. Right? Um, what's the hikmah in reciting the first rak'ah long? Longer than the rest. Or the second rak'ah, the first two basically, making it longer. The reason why, well, the reason why they would lengthen the first rak'ah is that it gives people in more time to catch up with the jama'ah. So once the adhan goes, there's usually a, a you know, a grace period, let's say 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever. Then the salah starts. When the salah starts, the imam recites long-ish, giving people more time to catch up and maybe to even get as much of the jama'ah as possible. Understand? So if the imam, let's say he recites for 5 minutes, it gives more people the chance to catch up with the first rak'ah. I understand this point. And the second, he gives them again some time. And again, gives those who are coming late-ish, gives them enough time to catch up and get the jama'ah, get the reward of the jama'ah. Right? And this is where some said that 
you should try and sometimes delay your ruku'. So when you're going to ruku', you should delay the ruku'. Why? So that people can catch, as many people as possible can catch up with that rak'ah and not miss the rak'ah. Especially if it's the last ruku'. Right? But is this an explicit sunnah? Then it hasn't been narrated from the Prophet. So some, so some scholars say it shouldn't be done. And some scholars say, if you can hear people, they're about to, you know, you can hear them in the masjid walking to the soft. Sometimes they're rushing to the soft. Right? And you're going to extend your rakah just a, a small amount. Then this is similar to lengthening the recitation. Understand? So that they can catch the rakah. So to lengthen it just a little bit is okay. So that they can also catch the rakah. But it shouldn't be too long now. That you hear somebody pull up outside. You know? And now you're in the ruku' and you think, well, this brother's going to come up, I might as well stay in the ruku' And you end up being in the ruku' for three minutes, two minutes, people's going to suffer, you know? It's going to be difficult for the people and so forth. This is definitely against the sunnah. But a short period of time, you hear him walking to the soft, so you extend that raka'ah just a bit, this is fine, bi'idhnillah, that they catch up with the raka'ah, uh, inshallah. The main thing is, don't make it difficult on the musallis. So you extend the ruku' so long, that those who are there, they, they suffer, right? Especially the old and so forth. Any questions on this hadith? So it's clear? Khair. The next hadith is from Sulaiman ibn Yasar. Radiallahu anhu, he said, Kana fulanu yutilul min There was a man who lengthened the first two raka'at of dhuhr. وَيُخَفِّفُ الْعَصْرِ And he shortened Asr. And he recited in Maghrib بِقِصَارِ الْمُفَصَّلِ In Maghrib he recited the short surahs. The shorter surahs. وَفِي الْعِشَاءِ بِوَسَطِهِ In Ishaa, the middle ones. وَفِي الصُّبْحِ بِطِوَالِهِ The lengthy ones. فَقَالَ أَبُو هُرَيْرَهُ مَا صَلَيْتُ وَرَاءَ أَحَدٍ أشبه صلاة برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من هذا. أبو هريرة then pray behind this man. So this man must have been an imam who used to lead the salah. Abu Hurairah says, I did not pray behind anyone whose salah resembled that of the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم more than this man. So he is now. What is he doing? He is affirming that the way this man is making salah. Is the way that the Prophet made salah. It's basically just like he made salah. And again, what are we describing? The length of recitation. Who was this man? No, no. Sulaiman narrated the hadith. He said there was a man. Who was the man? No, nope. we don't know. The hadith doesn't say. It just says there was a man. So is there a problem with this? No. If it just says there was a man that prayed. Right? The answer is no, it doesn't actually matter. In this case, like this, it doesn't matter. Because um, it doesn't actually matter who the man was. Right? Because who's describing his salah? Abu Huraira is confirming and saying this is the way that. Yeah, and this was in the time of Sahaba. Abu Huraira is giving a stamp of approval. So, irrespective of who he was, salah is. We know that was the way the person prayed. Because Abu Huraira, who narrated the most hadith, who accompanied the Prophet ﷺ closely, 
affirm the salah. So, so even the man was, let's say he was a tabi'i. Does it matter? Does it actually matter in the context like this? Usually in hadith, usually in hadith, we need to know all the men in the chain. But this man is not actually part of the chain of narration. He's just part of the incident. And those who are describing it is more important. Like Sulaiman ibn Yasar and Abu Hurairah. Understand? Yasar. Sulaiman ibn Yasar, he's narrating the story and he's telling us what Abu Hurairah said about this man's prayer. And this happens often in hadith. Often is, it just says a man came to the Prophet and said, a man did this and the Prophet said that. Who the man was doesn't actually matter. I understand because the lesson is still learned and it's still learned from an authentic chain of narration and Allah knows best. So what does the hadith say? This man, he lengthened the first two al and he shortened the asr. Similar to the hadith of Abu Sa'id. That dhuhr was made long. The first two of dhuhr was made long. And asr was made shorter. Yeah, it doesn't say half, it just says shorter. That hadith said half of dhuhr basically, right? And it says that in Maghrib he recited Qisar in Mufassal, the short surahs. In Isha, those middle surahs. And in Fajr, the long surahs. Right? And now Ibn Uthaymin here, he gives us a better idea. He says, um, what are the, the short surahs? The short surahs, he says, is from and again, this is now generally speaking, right? There may be exceptions in between. But generally, what is the short surahs? From what are the long surahs? They say it's from Qaf, Surah Qaf, which is in there, towards the end of the 26th Jews, Surah Qaf, up to Amma, up to Amma. And the middle is whatever is between that, meaning from Amma to Wadduha. From Amma to Wadduha. This is basically the way that the ulama refer to when they say the long, the medium, and the short. So the long they say is from Qaf to Amma. The medium is from Amma till Wadduha. And the short is from Wadduha until Nas. This is again, generally speaking, there may be exceptions in between there. Understand? There may be some exceptions here and there. Are you with me? But this is generally the way that they refer to it. So, in the middle ones, there may be something that's actually considered as long. You understand? In that space, for example, what we when saying is middle, there may be one that's considered as long. Uh, and so forth. Okay? And Allah knows best. So Abu Hurairah then said that he did not pray by anyone whose prayer resembled the prophets more than this man. Right? Telling us that this is the way that the Prophet made salah. Maghrib was generally short. Right? A short, easy salah, short recitation. Okay? And I think most, most masajid, they follow this. Most masajid, the imam prays not too long. Half a page, if maybe at max a page in the first rak'ah. Right? Second rakah, shorter than that. Okay? Um, and in Fajr? Long. Supposed to be longish. Longish. 
right? And again, you go to, for example, Makkah. Sometimes the Imam Makkah recites long, you know, like three, four pages. First rakah, second rakah, two pages, and so forth. So it's a decent, you know, four, five, six pages he recites, uh, and so forth. And also in the Quran, Allah says, "Aqim al-salata li-duluk al-shamsi ila ghasaq al-layli wa Quran al-fajr." Wa Quran al-fajr. Allah says that when you establish the salah, you must also establish it with Quran in fajr and recitation in fajr, specifying it. You know. Calling it out. And this tells us also that the, the recitation in Fajr is something special. In the Quran, Al-Fajr kana mashhuda. Quran said it is something that is witnessed. Witnessed by the Malaika. So that's why we should lengthen the recitation. There's some special barakah in the recitation of Salatul Fajr and Salatul Subh or Salatul Subh. Right? So we should be reciting fairly longish in those salahs. That's the Sunnah. Okay? Did he ever decide less than this? There were times that the made, if there was a need, he would shorten the salah. But the general sunnah was, most of the time, lengthy. Most of the time, lengthy. Right? Some hadith mention Wattur, which is about three pages long. Some hadith mention Surah Mursalat, two and a half pages. Some hadith mention Surah A'raf, which is long. Some hadith mention... Um, Sajda we're going to get to, and so forth, but you understand? And then sometimes you would shorten it if there was a need for that. If there was a need for it, you know, like a person, for example, who's sick. So let's say you're not well, you're at home. You pray at home because you're not well. So you stand up, you pray Fajr. Do we say you have to read three pages? If you're not well, you can read a short surah. No problem. You understand? Uh, if you're old, and it's difficult for you, for example, you can read a short surah, no problem. But the asal is that you should try and lengthen your recitation in, in Salatul Fajr. You should try and recit- lengthen your recitation is uh, in um, Salatul Fajr, right? It's a question. No problem. No problem. Um, <clears throat> meaning that if they have this baby limited and you want to read more, then that's not a problem. Understand? Uh, the next hadith is from Jubair ibn Mut'im. Anhu. He said, Samitu Rasulullah sallallahu yaqra'u fil maghribi bitur. Muttafaqun alayhi. Hadith Bukhari and Muslim. He says, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa reciting in Maghrib Bitur, Watur, the Surah Watur, Kitab Mastur, which is in the 27th Jews, in the beginning, which is, what did I say, three pages long, right? It's just, yeah, three pages long. So he recited this way in Maghrib. What does this tell us? The Maghrib in this case was lengthened. Again, showing us that the general principle of Maghrib is short. But sometimes you decide, no. So most of the time Maghrib was done short. And then every now and then you would decide 
a little bit longer. If he felt the need to do that, if he felt like doing it. So the same for us, we can decide short in Maghrib, and then every now and then we can decide a little bit longer. Understand? No problem. As long as it's not done every day. So we now, every day we're going to decide Maghrib long. This is, this is a problem because it's going against the guidance of the Prophet Understand? Especially if you, you know, you're exerting yourself or you're making it a bit hard on the people. You know? The Sunnah is to read slow, uh, shorter, so read shorter. You know? Don't make Maghrib long because that's your opportunity to stand in front or, you know? Read short, that's the Sunnah. You cannot do better than the Sunnah. Now and then a little bit longer, that's also good. Understand? So the same, this is what we should try and implement. Isha, we read a little bit longer than Maghrib. A page in the first rakah, a page in the second, or half a page in the second, and, and so forth. Understand? So we try and um, do it like that. Sometimes we can do longer, and maybe every now and then shorter. Especially if there's a need, you know? Especially if there's a need to shorten it, then there's no problem in shortening it. The next hadith is from Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu. He said, كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقرأ في صلاة الفجر يوم الجمعة. He used to recite in Fajr on the day of Jumu'ah. Which surahs? Sajda and Alif Lam Mim Tanzilu, which means a sajda. And in the second rak'ah? The first rak'ah was sajda. The second rak'ah was Hal Ata Ala Al Insan, meaning Surah Insan. Hal Ata Ala Al Insan, Hinu Min Al Dahr, right? This is the surah that he recited in the second rak'ah on the day of Jumu'ah for Fajr. That hadith is in Bukhari and Muslim. Right? The next hadith, which is narrated by Al-Tabarani, Tabarani, the hadith is from Ibn Mas'ud, radiallahu anhu, says, Yudimu dhalik. Yudimu dhalik. Which means what? He would continuously do this. So that adds to the first hadith, which says what? He recited these two surahs. This hadith tells us, Yudimu Dalik means, he kept this up often. So most fajrs on Jumu'ah, this is what he recited. Understand? Most fajrs on Jumu'ah, this is what he recited. Understand this? Sajda and Insan. Why these two surahs? Allah knows best. Right? So one Benefit, one hikmah we can derive is that these two surahs, they speak about the creation of insan and the origination, how Allah brought him into existence. And also the ending times, when things will come to an end, the end of insan, the end of the time in this dunya and so forth, maut. And also Allah speaks about the reward and the punishments that, will, that, that they will face. Understand? And what's the relationship with that to Jumu'ah? On the day of Jumu'ah, creation was begun. Adam was created and started on a Friday. And the hour will be established on a, on a Friday. So on Friday was the beginning of creation and also the end of creation will happen on a Friday. So the first salah we pray on a Friday is Fajr. When the Imam recites this, it's, it has an appropriate meaning. 
that for those who understand, we will hear about the creation, and you will hear about death, and the end, and the same with both surahs. The surahs are not similar in, 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 in the length. Sajda is longer. But they are similar in terms of the subject matter. You know, that they speak about this, which, has, which is related to Jumu'ah, specifically. And this is what some of the scholars derived from this. Like Ibn al-Qayyim and others. It's just a hikmah that they found in it. It's not necessarily why. Allah knows best why. But this is the hikmah in it, that they have found in it. That it's a reminder that it's a Jumu'ah. We were created on this day, Allah is speaking about creation. And we will come to an end on this day. And Allah is speaking about it in this in the surahs. Understand? Um, and then Ibn Taymin mentions that some people say or think that the reason why we decide that surah sajda is because there's a sajda in it. So it's for Jumu'ah, you know, Jumu'ah is a special day, so we have to decide a surah where there's a sajda in it. This is why we decide the sajda. This is. There's no actual, that's, that's baseless basically, right? There's no basis for that claim. And so what some do is, they don't know Surah Sajda, they decide any other Surah that has a Sajda in it. Because to them, that's the reason. So then maybe they recite, Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Ladi Khalaq, because at the end is a, a Sajda. Say so now it's also the Sunnah. La, this is not how it works. That's a claim that has no basis. Understand? So that is not, that should not be followed. Also, some people, what do they do? They recite a part of the surah. So, maybe they don't want to recite too long. So, what do they do? They recite half of sajda, half of insan. Does this count? Is this also like the sunnah? This is also, Ibn Uthaymi says, this is a major mistake. Right? Because now you are opposing the sunnah. This is not the sunnah. It was not to recite it like that. It was to decide sajda and then insan. Right? Taib, so he says, either you recite it or you don't. If you are able to recite it, recite it. If you are not able to, recite anything else which is easy. Recite anything that's easy for you from the Quran. Are you with me? So either you fulfill the sunnah, but not half the sunnah, or a quarter of the sunnah, or peace. Doesn't actually, there's no such thing as a quarter sunnah, or half a sunnah. Understand? Fulfill the sunnah if you're able, if you're not able, read something else. No sin upon you. So don't do, you know, things like that, because that becomes the norm sometimes. Some masajid, every Friday, one page of sajda, one page of insan. You know, at least we get a part of the sunnah, it doesn't work like that. If you can fulfill the sunnah, fulfill it. And if you cannot, read something else. So don't make that now the sunnah. Reading half of sajda or half of insan. Or reading only sajda in one rakah, in, in, in both rakah, for example. Half in the first, half in the second. Understand? That's not how it works. There's no reward in terms of the sunnah for that. That can lead to bid'ah. If it's going to be done all the time like this and so forth, right? If you can, fulfill it. If you cannot, read something else. Read something shorter, read something that you know, and so forth. Um, some scholars, uh, some people, he says, they recite, uh, on the day of Jumu'ah, they recite, Jumu'ah and Munafiqoon. In Fajr. Jumu'ah and Munafiqoon. But that's, again, is not Sunnah. So if, let's say, by, by accident, or you just decided to recite Jumu'ah Munafiqoon. There's no problem in that, right? But what some people do is, every Friday, what do they recite? 
Jumu'ah munafiqun. Jumu'ah munafiqun. As if that's now a sunnah because it's, it's Jumu'ah. Now you recite Surah Jumu'ah. Again, this is not from the sunnah of the Prophet And to do that, it can become an innovation. It can become an innovation. It should not be recited like this. Right? The same with Sabih Isma. Jumu'ah munafiqun. When do you recite the two surahs? When is it a sunnah to recite Jumu'ah and Munafiqun? It's a sunnah to recite it in Salatul Jumu'ah. So for Salatul Jumu'ah, there's two sunnahs. Sabih Isma and Ghashiyah. Sabih Isma, Surah A'la and Surah Ghashiyah. That's a common one. The Harams, they do it often. We try and do that often. Sabih Isma and Ghashiyah. Right, that's a sunnah for salatul Jumu'ah. But uh, it's also a sunnah for Jumu'ah to recite Jumu'ah and Munafiqun. Understand? So what some people have done is they recite it for Fajr. Because they know they're not going to recite it for Jumu'ah. And again, this is not correct. Because that's not what the sunnah has, has taught us. That's not what the sunnah has um, taught us. طيب. Any questions on this hadith? أعلى الغاشية. سبح اسمه إن هل أتاك حديث الغاشية. This is done often. You will find this often certain masajid. The last issue that the Sheikh mentions is he says some Imams on Jumu'ah, in Salatul Jumu'ah, they recite ayat that corresponds to what the Imam spoke about. So let's say the Imam speaks about death, he recites ayat about death. Imam spoke about uh, riba, he recites ayat about riba. Understand? When Uthaymin says this is a bid'ah, and I've seen other ulama also say this is a bid'ah. That you try and recite what the Imam spoke about. Right? This is there's no there's a sunnah what to recite. Which we mentioned, those four surahs. You can recite them in pairs, for example. For you to try and recite what the Imam spoke about, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. The Imam gave them a reminder, he gave the ayat, he gave the hadith, etc. Khalas. The salah has its own sunnahs. To try and now correspond between the two, many of the scholars have said, this is a a bid'ah, because it takes you away from the sunnah of the Prophet So if you see the um, two surahs is recited in pairs, you find as Jumu'ah and Munafiqun is one pair, as yes. a pair, and A'la and Surah Ghashiyah as a pair. Correct. One mix it up. You don't mix them up, no. Because Jumu'ah and Surah A'la. No. So the first rakah is Jumu'ah, second Munafiqun. Or first raka'ah uh, sabih isma, and the second raka'ah ghashiyah. Because that's how it's narrated. That's one hadith narrates, he recited a'la and ghashiyah. Another hadith narrates that he recited jumu'ah munafiqun. Understand? So we don't mix them up. As for reciting what the Imam spoke about, the Prophet gave many khutbahs, and never did it narrated that he went and recited what he spoke about. Understand? So this is why the ulama have said it's a bid'ah and it should not be done and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. No, 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 I didn't say that. 
I did not say reciting any other surahs of bid'ah. No, 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 no. I said. Yes, like like I said, let's say the Imam speaks about riba. Another Imam when he recites, what does he read? Understand? Now he wants to recite the ayat that's got to do with riba. That the scholars said is a bid'ah. Or the man spoke about zina. Now he, what does he recite? Understand? This is this, this is what we said is a bid'ah. That he, he chooses ayat that, that deals with what the Imam spoke about. Not any other surah. So let's say he stood and he butchered. والعصر and قل والله أحد. It's fine. If you read anything, it's, it's accepted. But don't now go do specific things, man. Like I'm gonna read every week, or okay, the Imam spoke about this. I'm not gonna read about that. Let's say the Imam gave a talk about Surah Zumar, entering Jannah and this and, and the other group will enter Jahannam. And what does he come in do? He recites the same ayat. وسيق الذين كفروا لجن سكرك وسيق الذين تقوا ربهم من الجنة زمرة. Because the Imam spoke about that. This is what the ulama said is a bid'ah. Because this is not the sunnah. The Prophet gave khutab and he never spoke, he recited what he spoke about. The same with the khulafa al rashidun, the same with all the great imams. You understand? Um, but if the imam just decides on the spot, in amin, and he reads alif lamin, varikal kitab la rifi, the second rakaakul wallahu ahad, there's no harm in that. If he didn't fulfill the sunnah, those two, those, those surahs, there's no sin on him, right? If he did fulfill the sunnah, he gets more reward. But the problem comes in when you want to do specific, special things, you know, like reading what the Imam spoke about. Or you want to read what sunnah for Fajr in, 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 in Maghrib or, or, or in Jumu'ah. Then it becomes a problem. If you are now mixing the sunnah up and so forth. And Allah knows best. Sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu ala ilahi la tastaghfiru ka wa atubu ilayk. Thank <laughs> you.